Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's good to see you and be with you once again um, on a Wednesday night. It's a blessing to be with you. Hallelujah. I know you're enjoying the services. I know you're being blessed. I know you're learning so many things. Um, today we are going to continue and add some few things to what we've shared so far. We've been learning about the cell ministry and we're going to add some more to it. I want us to just start with a quick word of prayer and then we'll get straight into the word. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for this opportunity to hear and receive your word. We receive your word with meekness, with faith, and with gladness. Thank you that your word comes to enlighten us, to grant us understanding concerning life, concerning our calling, concerning our purpose, our reason for existence. Thank you that our lives are fruitful. We are fruitful and we bear, we produce results on every issue of our lives, even as we hear your word and through your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So the Holy Spirit is, is here to teach us, and I know we are going to be blessed. You know, so um, this evening, I want to share with you on the benefits of the cell ministry towards God's agenda. There are several benefits of, God, of, of the cell ministry. But tonight, I want us to just focus on um, the benefits of the cell ministry towards the agenda of God. God has an agenda. I've been telling you, God has an agenda. He, he has a purpose. He has a reason. There's a reason for your salvation. And I've explained it to you over and over and over again. You know, now, if you read the Bible, you see the word ministry. For instance, we've been using it a lot. You see, uh, you hear me say cell ministry or cell system. I explained what the cell was on Sunday, what a cell is. And uh, I remember mentioning that a cell is a small group in a, in a church that consists of two to 12 church members in an area, locality, office, hostel, class, business environment, etc., that needs, that meets on a weekly basis in a house, office, hostel, room, under a tree, in a restaurant, etc., for the following specific purposes. I mentioned fellowship, Bible study, prayer, evangelism, and soul winning, and then showing of love and care for one another. That was how I explained um, what a cell was. You know, but a cell is, is, is a ministry, okay? So I want to explain what ministry is. So what is ministry? Ministry is service. Ministry means service, i.e., that is attending to the needs of another as a servant. So ministry means service, and that is attending to the needs of another as a servant. So when we say ministry, we are talking about service and it means attending to the needs of another person, of another person as a servant. And there are three phases of ministry. There are three phases of ministry. And it includes, number one, ministry towards God, ministry towards people, number two, and ministry towards the world. So ministry towards God, ministry towards people, ministry towards the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, and the cell is a ministry, like I said. It's a service. And the cell helps us accomplish these, all these categories of faces of ministry. Ministry or service towards God. So we are tending to the needs of God. God has needs, amazingly. And his agenda is his need. It's a need for him. He wants something to be accomplished. He wants something to be accomplished. God did not send Jesus Christ down here for nothing. He sent him for a reason. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So ministry towards God. Every, every Christian has a ministry. I've told you that. You know, and he has a service or a ministry towards God. Towards God. And it, it includes ministering to the Lord. If you read in Acts chapter 13, verse 1, I was speaks about some people. It was a small group. It was a cell group, actually. It says now there was, they were in the church that was at Antioch. Certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that is called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manain, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, five of them. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work around to have called them. If you read the Amplified of verse 2, it says, look at the Amplified. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, separate now for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Do you see? So we have a ministry towards God to fulfill and satisfy God's needs. And it includes worshiping the Lord. It includes fasting and praying and worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. And all that is accomplished, is achieved, as we, we, we fulfill our ministry, we, we get involved in the cell. You'll be able to do these things. You realize that some fastings are going on in the cell group. Some praying is going on in the cell group. Some worship is going on in the cell group. Okay, okay. ministering to the Lord also includes um, um, bringing others to him, like I said. He has an agenda of making sure all men, it is his will. God wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's, a, that's, that's what the Bible says. You know? And there's ministry towards God's people, which is assisting God's people to, to develop spiritually, to mature spiritually. You must, you must assist in it. I must assist in it. God, God is looking towards us or, or looking at us to make sure that happens. Hallelujah. Then there's the ministry that we have towards the world, which is towards sinners, getting them born again and keeping them in the house of God, praying for the world. I mean, we have a ministry, and it's in these three phases. And the amazing, the cell ministry helps us fulfill um, our ministry, you know, along these three lines. So if you look at um, some of the things I'm going to share with you, you realize that all these things fall in there somewhere. So I'm talking about the benefits of the cell ministry towards God's agenda. And the very first benefit towards God's agenda, of the cell ministry towards God's agenda, is that continued prayer is carried out successfully. Through the cell ministry, continued prayer is carried out successfully. Okay? Through the cell ministry, continued prayer is carried out successfully. The Bible says to pray without ceasing, isn't it? It says we should pray without ceasing. Can you imagine there are some people who have existed in this world who prayed for 100 years unbroken. They had a 100 years unbroken chain, prayer chain. How are they able to fulfill that? Some have had 500 years of um, an unbroken prayer chain, 500 years, just praying for 500 years, generation. So they started, their children came, they continued, their children's children came, they continued, their children's children, children came and continued. How are they able to accomplish such a feat? You know, praying for the kingdom of God to spread. Yeah. We have the Moravian, the Moravian movement, also called the Brethren movement. You know, so many movements have come over the years who prayed for years and years and years and years. They were able to accomplish that because of the small groups that they had. They had, they had um, five people praying from, uh, for one hour, from this time to this time. Then another five would pray from this time to this time. Another five would pray for this. They had small groups that prayed in a prayer chain unbroken 
for 100 years, 500 years, so many years. Okay, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And it can be fulfilled through the cell ministry. Without the cell ministry, that can happen. There are no small groups that are praying continuously. We can't have continuous prayer being sent as incense to the Lord. You know, our prayer is incense. If you read the Bible, you see it. Let me show you some. In Revelation chapter 5. Let me read from verse 7 so that you understand it. It says, And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four twenty and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them haps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. He says they had golden vials full of odors, and the odors is the prayers of the saints. So without our prayer, without the without children of God praying continuously. There's no incense for these 24 elders to offer to God. Can you imagine? That's how important you are. If you don't know, I'm telling you. Let's look at Revelation chapter 14. So, rather, Revelation chapter, chapter 8, not 14, chapter 8, verse... Uh, let's read from verse 2 so that we understand. It says, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given trump, seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. Verse 4. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. So our prayers ascends with the incense of God. It's, it's as incense to the Lord. I think the one in Psalms mentioned that. It says, my, my prayer. Let my, let's look at it. Psalm 1. Uh, Psalm 141, verse 2, it says, Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. My prayer be set forth before thee as incense. So your prayers, our prayers, is incense before the Lord. So when we pray, our prayer rises up as incense to the Lord. So when we are not praying, no incense is rising up from us to the Lord. And hence, uh, uh, nothing can be offered to the Lord. You know, the incense was supposed to be offered to the Lord continuously. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So our prayer is very, very important. That's why it says we should pray without ceasing. And it can, you can't carry it out alone. You can't do it alone. Nobody can be praying from morning to evening, throughout the night, 24 hours, 24 hours, 24 hours. It's not going to work. But through the cell ministry, we're able to accomplish that particular agenda of God of making sure continuous incense comes to him, incense comes to him. continuous order comes to him. Hallelujah. And when he smells it, he releases the, his fire. Into the, into the world for what he wants done to be done. God cannot achieve his agenda without us. It is so, it is so amazing. I've been telling you that um, we are, Jesus said, my father is a vine, and he said, my father is a husband man, I am the vine, ye are the branches. You see, so Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. Without the branches, the vine cannot bear fruit. That's the truth. So he needs you so much. But then if you don't avail yourself, he will always replace you with somebody else. So it's a two-way thing. There's a better neighbor that can replace you if you don't do what God wants you to do. But he needs you amazingly. He needs you. It's so, it's so powerful. It's so amazing how much God needs you and how much uh, your prayer makes a difference. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So continued prayer is, 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 is successfully accomplished, achieved.
through the cell ministry because we'll be praying. You know, and our prayer does something. Like I said, our prayer is incense. So it rises up to God. As we pray, incense rises up to God. And God smells and notices the incense and then sends answers down to us. Without prayer going, answers cannot come. What God wants to accomplish cannot be accomplished without human beings, without human, us aligning our will towards his will. When we align our will to his will, what he wants done is, is, is accomplished. What he wants uh, uh, to see on earth is accomplished. You see, he says, pray that uh, um, um, the kingdom of God will come. If you remember, when Jesus was teaching the disciples uh, what manner, after what manner to pray, he says, our Father who art in heaven, our Lord be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, it says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It says, pray that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Without us praying for his will to be done here on earth, it will not be done. He has, another, he has a will, heavenly speaking, but then that will is not fulfilled here on earth. Prayer is what brings his heavenly will into the earthly realm. Life is spiritual. Life is spiritual, and everything we see physically is as a result of the, something that's happening in the spirit. So if we want to see changes around us, we need to pray. It's so important. When we pray, we see things, and we change things in the spirit, and then consequently they are changed here on earth. So it's so important. If you read in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, you see how in, the reason for our prayer. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Then it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are the people that are arrayed against us to prevent what God wants done in our lives and in this world from happening. These are the, he calls them wicked forces. He didn't say we don't wrestle at all. A lot of Christians think in their minds that for we wrestle not at all against flesh and blood. No, we wrestle. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, what he's saying is that we wrestle, it's not against human beings, it's against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wrestling of ours, wrestling to prevent God's agenda from coming to pass. And we are wrestling to have God's agenda to come to pass. And how do, we, how do we accomplish this? It's through prayer. It's through prayer. You can't look for, you can't see, there are no, there's no demon that is physical. No, there's no principality that is physical. There's no power that is physical. They are all spiritual. And we can only deal with them, spiritually speaking, through prayer. Through prayer. If you read in Matthew, Matthew chapter 12, look at Matthew chapter 12, from verse 26. So interesting. Jesus never did anything without prayer. All the major things that happened in Jesus' life happened after he had prayed. Jesus walked on water after he had prayed all night. When he prayed all night and he came out, he walked on water. Before Jesus accomplished his great work of dying on the cross, he spent three hours praying on his knees. One hour, one hour, one hour. Prayed three continuous hours. And when he stood, the Bible says that he was strengthened. Angels came to strengthen. Without prayer, angels cannot strengthen you. Yeah, without prayer, angels can. Before he started his ministry, he fasted and prayed for 40 days. The Bible says that angels came and fed him. So he was strong. He was made strong for his ministry, to carry out his ministry. Without prayer, our ministry will not work. Without prayer, what God wants us to do will not work. We can follow up 
visit, do everything that we want to do physically, and we'll, not see, we'll still not see results because we are not dealing with physical beings. We are dealing with spiritual beings, and it is only prayer that will, make, will, will be able to handle them. Hallelujah. Look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 26. It says, and if Satan casts out Satan, because they were saying that Jesus cast out the devils by the power of Beelzebub, who is the prince of, of the devils, and Jesus said, if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? It's not going to work. Satan cannot be against Satan. Then he says, if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. Verse 28. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, says, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, you cannot handle devils with physical things. You must handle devils with the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God. And when you pray in tongues, your spirit by the Holy Ghost within you prays. That's what happens. Then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Verse 29. Then it says, or else how can one enter into a strong man's house? Who is this strong man? He's talking about Satan. And spoil his goods or take his goods away from him, except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. He says, if I don't do it by the Spirit, how can I enter the strong man's house and spoil his goods? What is the goods of the devil? The goods of the devil are, Christ are people, human beings. He's bound human beings, preventing people from seeing the light of glo God's glorious gospel. Salvation must come. Without us praying, salvation will not come into the area that we are in. Without us praying, we will not see... You see, every, every area has an atmosphere. Every area has a principality, a power that is controlling it. The devil is described as a god of this world. If you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, you see it. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. It says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Let the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Look at the Amplified of this verse. For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds, that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, the Messiah, who is the image of the likeness of God. So people are not believing because there's someone blocking them from believing. Who is that someone who is blocking them from believing? It's the devil. He's called a strong man. Our prayer is what binds him, chains him. The word bind means to chain, to put in chains. That's, that's what happens. As we pray, we put him in chains. And then we can, when, when we put him in chains, we can go in there and bring those he has kept captive out of his dominion. So without prayer, a ministry cannot be carried out. It's not possible. So we have to pray. And amazing, it is, it's sometimes difficult to pray alone. You need someone to pray with. Even Jesus prayed with others. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and took them to the mountain and prayed with them. As he prayed, the Bible says that he was transfigured. He was changed before them. Real transfigurations happen as you pray. Without prayer, you, you, can, you can't transfigure. You can't be transformed. Real spiritual transformation starts through prayer and through the word. Hallelujah. So as you pray, changes come. So continued prayer is successfully carried out. Why do we need to pray continuously? Because we need to rebuke the devil and take his power away from those he has bound so that when we preach the gospel to people, it can make a difference. Um, two days ago when we started the, the fast, we were praying, you know, and as we were praying, after we prayed, we prayed, we prayed for sinners. We prayed for 
the light of the glorious God. We're praying these verses that the light of the glorious gospel will, will penetrate through the darkness and save many people will be saved. One of our ladies got out uh, of her room after the prayer, sat in a bus. As soon as she sat in a bus, she saw someone in the bus sitting with her, and then she spoke to the person. The person had not believed in Christ. She spoke to the person and led the person to Christ immediately in the bus. Can you imagine? Just some few minutes after praying like that, when she came out, she was able to lead someone to Christ. Without praying, the, the person will not even mind you. When you, say, when you start talking to the person, will just ignore you. So this is so important. The atmosphere in our communities, in our areas, in the places where the cells are, are broken down. The, the prince of the power of the earth's power is taken away so that the gospel can come to people. So that salvation can come to people. It's so important. Our prayers are so important. Sometimes we feel that our prayer, prayer is, a, is, a, is, is weakness. Prayer is not weakness. Prayer is mighty. Prayer is the strength of God. Without prayer, a lot of things cannot happen. When the apostles were last in Acts chapter 4 and told, and, and told sternly not to preach in the name of Jesus or not to talk, not to mention the name of Jesus again, they went to their own company in Acts chapter 4. And the Bible says that they prayed, they gathered their people. Apostle Paul and John went and gathered their people and they prayed. And the Bible says, well, as they prayed, the whole place where they were was shaken. And they were all filled with boldness. And they came out with boldness to preach the gospel. And the gospel was preached with miracles, signs, and wonders following. Hallelujah. That's Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It says, and when they had prayed, and when they had prayed, when we pray, something happens. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. So without prayer, we will not receive boldness to preach, to do what we are supposed to do. Sometimes you want to do, you know what to do. But then it's like there's no confidence to do it. You don't feel confident to do it. Prayer is what changes that. Prayer fills you with the Spirit and causes you to have boldness, to be bold, to preach the gospel. Look at verse 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Verse 33. It says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. With great power, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of Jesus. It means that as he preached, the preaching came with power. So without prayer, our preaching will not come with power. Without preaching, without praying, sometimes I can, I can hold someone's hand. As I'm praying for the person, I can see everything about that person amazingly. Without prayer, that can't happen. When I'm preaching to somebody, after I've prayed before preaching to somebody or teaching somebody, I can see a lot of things. Sometimes I can answer the person's questions without the person even asking the questions. So prayer is so important. Without prayer, the power of the devil will not be broken over people's lives. For us to be able to, for our evangelism to make a difference. <laughs> when your evangelism, when you realize you're you you evangelizing and nothing is happening, no, no one is being saved, go back to prayer. You need to go and pray. That's what you need to do. So the cell ministry aids us to accomplish our ministry of continuously sending incense. Without praying, incense won't go. And when incense does not go, there's no answer. When the incense goes, the answer comes. When Elijah offered the sacrifice to God, fire came. God responded by sending fire. If you've not read your Bible very carefully, you would think it was only Elijah who had fire coming down from heaven. David had fire coming down from heaven. David offered a sacrifice to God on the threshing floor of Onan. David had numbered Israel. And when he, had, when he numbered Israel, God was not happy with him. So an angel, was, an angel of death was killing many people. 
and he saw the angel of death at uh, the threshing floor of one man called Onan. And when he saw the angel there, he bought the floor, the, the place, that the, the land, and put a, a, an altar there and sacrificed an animal to the Lord. That was actually prayer. In the, in the Old Testament, it was a sign of prayer. So he sent prayer to, to God. And when he sent prayer to God, God answered with fire. God sent fire to consume the sacrifice. Can you imagine? So it wasn't only Elijah. It wasn't only Elijah. Even Solomon also had that happening. The first time Solomon offered, when he offered, fire was sent down. First Chronicles chapter 21, verse 26. He says, And David built there an altar unto the Lord. He offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called upon the Lord, and he answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of burnt offering. God answered him by fire. So when you pray, fire is sent. <laughs> what is the fire of God? The fire of God is the power of God. The fire of God is, is, the, is the ability of God to cause changes all around your, your world. Solomon had it, David had it, Elijah had it, so many people had it. Fire was sent. God answered by sending fire. When Solomon built the, the temple and was sacrificing, God sent fire down. It's an amazing thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So our incense, the incense we send to heaven is our prayer. Oh, how important this is. And we accomplish that through sending prayer, through prayer, through prayer. So many things happen as we pray. Changes happen when we pray for the country, for when we pray for, for, the, for, the, for the city where we are, when we pray for the area where our cell is. A lot of things changes. A lot of things. One of our, one of our church members in, the, in, in a church in Tamale traveled to his hometown and uh, he decided to start a cell there. So he started to start a small group. So he, put, he prayed. He was praying and praying and praying and put some of the God's people and amazing people gave their lives to Christ. They came and he was teaching them. And he was praying. Oh, he was, they were praying all the time. Almost every now and then they would pray. They would pray. And then a juju man, someone in there who was a big time fetish priest, took a gun and came to his house to come and shoot him. Can you imagine? It was not a small thing at all. And when, he was, when the juju man was asked, why, what's going on? He said, this boy is not allowing me to function in this area. So I'm coming to, I've tried to destroy him spiritually. It's not like it's, I've come to kill him physically. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. Your prayer changes a lot of things. Our prayer changes a lot of things. You may think it's not doing anything, but it's doing something very powerful. Let me show you an example of some people who prayed. Okay, he's showing me, second, look at Second Chronicles 7.1. This is concerning Solomon. It says, now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house, the temple that he had built. Can you imagine? Yeah, fire was sent down. It's the response of God to a prayer. Now, when someone made an end of praying, when he finished praying, fire was sent. So when you pray, fire is sent. Something, is, something happens whenever you pray. Always have it at the back of your mind. If you pray for two minutes, for 10 minutes, for 30 minutes, for an hour, know that something is happening. Because you sent incense, and something is going to happen. The expectation of the righteous shall never be cut short. So when we pray, it is when they prayed, the whole place where they were was shaken. That small group's prayer will make a world of a difference. It will bind the devil in there and cause the light of the glorious gospel to shine without anything preventing it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens when we pray. Look at Acts chapter 12. Let me show you something in Acts chapter 12. It's a long read, but I'll show it to you. It says, 
it from when we read from verse from verse one, it says, Now by that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So he just took John, he just took James and killed him. Herod took James and killed him just like that. And when he saw, because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. When he realized that the Jews were excited, he took Peter and kept him in holding, waiting for the days of unleavened bread to pass, and then he would kill him. And when he had apprehended, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter, or after the, days, the, the Passover, to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, verse 5. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So the whole church, everybody was praying. Now, if you go down, you notice that we were praying in houses. When Peter was released, he went to the house of uh, Mary, the mother of John. The mother of John Mark, okay? As they were praying, their prayer was doing something. Things were happening. They didn't know. They were praying in a room, in a house somewhere. But as they were praying, things were happening physically. That's what I want you to notice. So prayer makes physical things happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a spiritual activity. When you're praying, you're praying to God. You're not, praying to, you're not talking to any man. You're praying to God, Okay? But God answers by doing physical things around you. It's amazing. It's amazing. So you notice, we'll go, go back to verse, verse 5, Acts chapter 12, verse 5. Peter was kept, prayer was made. Next verse, verse 6, says, as they prayed, when Herod would have brought him forth, the day Herod was, Herod was supposed to bring him, the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. So the two soldiers standing by him, bound with two chains. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. So two soldiers were in front of, were beside him, one on the right, one on the, the left. And the, the, he was in a prison cell, and there was a guard. There were guards in front of the prison cell. Next verse. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the right side and said, and raised him up, saying, Arise, arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. So their prayer has sent an angel to Peter's prison. Amazing. And your prayer had caused that angel to make the chains fall off. Peter was going to be released by this angel. His chains fell off from his hands. Next verse. And the angel said unto him, Get thyself dressed up and bind on thy, thy sandals. Wear your shoes. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And, the, and he went out and followed him and wished not or did not know what, that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. So Peter was thinking it was a vision. He thought all this was a vision. But amazingly, it was not a vision. It was happening physically. Physically. Brothers and sisters, this is what happens when we pray. When we pray, things, are, things happen. Angels are sent. Angels are sent. Without your prayer, angels will not be sent. Amazingly, can you imagine? When you are quiet, angels will not be sent. And the devil will have his way. They took James. This is Peter, James, and John. That James who was part of the three closest to Jesus. They took him and killed him just like that. He killed him with a sword, just like that. Why did Herod succeed? Herod was functioning in the name of the devil. Why did he succeed? Why did the devil succeed in killing the, the, the senior man of God? Because no prayer was being made at that time. But when they prayed, they didn't need to sit down with Herod to have a discussion. You don't need to sit down with anybody to have any discussion. Just pray. Talk to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the one who's, who holds the heart of all men. He will turn their hearts to favor you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
their prayer caused Peter to be released. And when he came, they couldn't even believe that he had come. They were surprised. They were like, man, we didn't know our prayer could work like that. Their prayers worked. And that's how your prayer is also going to work. So the cell ministry is a place for us to pray continuously and for us to break the power of the devil continuously and for us to have continuous results, continuous results happening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then the two things I want to talk about today, there are four of them. I'll just finish very soon. Evangelism and soul winning is successfully carried out as well. Evangelism and soul winning is successfully carried out. The cell ministry is like a net, okay, that is cast into the sea of the world. The, 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 the Gentile world is referred to as seas in the Bible. And our, our cell meetings, our meetings, our cell groups is, is a net that is cast into the sea to draw many to the Lord at once. Hallelujah. You may not be able to go, on, go, on, go alone to go and do evangelism. Even Jesus sent his disciples two by two. He didn't send them one by one. He sent them two by two. So it is very important that you are not alone in doing what God wants you to do. God has given us people to help us accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. And the cell will have two or more, two, two to twelve people in there. If all two of us are going out, if all two of us are going out to bring people, we are a net in that area. So if there's, there's a cell here in this area, another cell here in this area. It's a net. It's a network that brings many. If you read, look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 9, 19. Matthew 4, 19. Jesus saw Peter, and he said unto him, unto, unto, unto Peter, he says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. So he's made us fishers of men. We fish, but what we fish is not fishes. We fish men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And how do we do it? If you are doing it individually, if you, are, if you are the only one doing it, if you are trying to get it accomplished alone, it's like using a, a, a hook, a hook, a, a, a hook and a line to catch, a fish, to catch fishes in, in the sea. You may not be able to get so many at once. You'll get one at once. But then when you use a net, he told them to cast their nets to the side. And when they cast their nets to the, the right side, they enclosed so many fishes. So many fishes came in at once. So the cell is a net that is thrown into the, the sea of the world to bring in more people. Hallelujah. Just imagine if uh, uh, we have so many people, so many cells. We have about 500 cells in Accra. And we decide that we are going to be winning souls for the next one month. Just imagine that the, the number of souls you are going to win. It will not be a small thing at all. Everybody will be involved and everybody will get something accomplished. About two years ago, one of our churches in Accra, we've always had small groups. We've always had them. But now we want to involve you, the members. The, all our members should be involved. That's, that's why we are preaching about these things. We've always had them. So their small groups decided to win souls. Can you imagine they won 2,000 souls? In a month, they want 2,000 souls. Well, you may not get that through a crusade. You may not get that through a crusade. You may spend so much with a crusade, and you may not get 2,000 people being saved at once. But they got so many people born again, and some of them stayed in their church. So it's, it's a, the, the, the tool of the, the, heart, the heart desire of God, which is real, bringing people to Christ. Okay? God was that all men be saved and grow come to the full knowledge of the, of the, of, of the Lord. That's in, in, uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Look at 1 Timothy 4. It says, let's read from verse 3 so that it makes more sense. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, 
who will have all men to be saved. God wills to have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. This is accomplished. This desire of God is accomplished through the cell ministry. You will have, we will have, you will be able to save many men and will bring them and keep them in and bring them to the full knowledge of the truth by teaching them the gospel. By teaching them the gospel. Hallelujah. So evangelism is accomplished. Accomplished. The cell ministry functions as a net that takes, brings in so many, so many to the Lord. Hallelujah. Then the number three thing is that the cell ministry brings the kingdom of God to people's doorstep. The cell ministry brings the kingdom of God to people's doorstep. Always remember that people don't like going to church. Always remember that. People don't like going to church. They will go everywhere on their own. They will go to school on their own. They will go and visit a friend on their own. They will go to work on their own. They will do everything on their own. But when it comes to church, their minds start changing. They want something else. They don't, if you don't bring it close to them, they don't want to come. They don't want to go. That is how human beings are. When you become a child of God, you change. A child of God who has been taught and trained will be worn out of, you know, not being in the house of God because you know that we are supposed to assemble ourselves together. But ordinarily speaking, human beings around do not like God. They don't like church. They don't like anything related to God. And we must make it easy for them to be in the house of God. We must bring the kingdom of God to them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> we have churches abroad, and you'll be surprised that some of the people who go to those churches don't want to go on their own. Meanwhile, they go everywhere on their own. We had one church where the pastor needed to drive and pick everybody up from one house to the other on a Sunday morning. How is the church going to survive like that? When I went to visit him, I told him, stop doing what you are doing. Stop picking people up. After some time, some people should come on their own and bring others. The cell ministry helps for that to happen. For us to be able to bring new people in, okay, help them be established in the kingdom of God. Remember, the world is full of sinners, and sinners are afraid of God. They don't like God. They don't like church. They don't want to come. Even if you build a very, you can build a nice church building and put all the designs you want to put in there, they will still not come. You'll be surprised. If you don't go to them and bring them, they will not come in. Remember, the father sent his servants to go out and invite many to come to his supper. I don't know if you remember. Yes, the great supper that the Lord, the Lord prepares is not attended naturally. He must invite. People must be invited to come. So the cell ministry is an invite. It's, it's a means of inviting many people to come into the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why is it like that? Why, do you, why is it that people don't like church? It's because of the words, the prince of the power of the air. That is Satan. Okay? Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. You see him clearly there. He says, And you has he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Then he says, The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So there's a spirit that works in the children of disobedience. The people are disobe disobedient to God and disobedient to the things of God because of a certain spirit that is working in them. He's called the prince of the power of the air. That is Satan himself. So he's, and he, he's formed, he's called the God of this world, the God of this world system. The world system that he has designed, okay, is anti God, is anti Christ. It's anti-Jesus, anti-church. 
So we must make sure we, we make efforts to make it very easy for people to come into the house of God. Hallelujah. That is why in a cell, we'll contribute to get people into a bus and pay for their transportation to come and be in the house of God for like one month. After one month, we tell them, we educate them and tell them, you must pay for your own self. You go everywhere yourself. You must be in the house of God on your own. You don't let it go on for a long time. You don't pay for them for one year. You can't do that. We can contribute and pay for them continuously for like a month. But after that, they must come on their own and they must, they must pay on their own. We make buses available. So every cell will have a bus. We make buses available for them. Make it easy for them. So the cell system is bringing the kingdom of God to the doorstep of people. Why? Because the God of this world has created a system that is against God, against church, against the house of God. And we must make it simple for people to come. So the cell ministry helps us to accomplish God's, God's agenda of populating his kingdom by making it easy for people to come. Hallelujah. Does it make sense to you? Number four, which is the last one, is that the cell system or the cell ministry is a haven for spiritual growth. It's a haven for spiritual growth. Apart from God wanting people to come into the church, into the house of God, into the kingdom of God, into the body of Christ, he wants all those in the body of Christ to grow. Everybody must grow. We all come in as babes. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Look at First Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. We all come in as newborn babies. But we must grow. He wants us to grow. Grow into what? Grow into the, you see, we are like Christ inwardly. The day you become born again, Christ comes into your spirit. And your spirit becomes recreated and you are, you are made after the image of Christ. So we are like him inwardly. First John chapter 4 verse 17 says, as he is, as Jesus is in heaven, so are we now in this world. As he is. So are we now in this world. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. How are we like him? We are like him spiritually speaking. We are like him inwardly speaking. But outwardly speaking, we are not like him. We need to grow and be conformed to the image of his son, which is Jesus Christ. If you read in Romans chapter 8, you see it. Romans chapter 8, verse 29 and 30. He shows you his way, what he's looking for. He's not looking for people who are only born again. He's looking for matured sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of a son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. You will become a brother or a sister of Christ when you, when you get born again. Jesus is, your, is the firstborn among many brethren. We are his brethren, and he's the firstborn. Now, after being his brother or his sister, next verse, he says that, he wants us to be conformed. I don't know if it says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed. This is our predestination. Our predestination, we've been destined before time began to be conformed to the image of a son. That he's talking about looking like Jesus in every way, in every form, in your, in your speech, in your actions, in your attitude, in everything. He wants you to be like Christ. He wants us to be conformed to the image of a son. So Paul prays for, his, for the people in Galatia, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Look at Galatians 4, 19. He says, my little children, for whom I, of, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Christ was already in them, but he wanted, he wanted Christ to take his abode in every quarter of their life. So he says, my little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. So Christ must be formed in every believer. Every believer. And it comes through the word of God, through prayer, the word of God is a food that every child of God needs to grow. 
amazing. There's so many issues, a place where Bible study happens practically, where people are, are sat down to be taught practically, very bite-sized, you know, knowledge of God's Word to help you understand so that you can be fed. Every child of God needs to be fed. There's a feeding program that every child of God must be taken through. And it, it comes to you through the cell system. And we bring it to others through the cell system as well. Hallelujah. So the word of God is the food. Prayer is exercise. The more we pray, the more we exercise ourselves in the spirit. You need to exercise to grow. If you don't exercise, you're not grow as you're supposed to. If you don't eat, you can't grow. If you don't exercise, you can't grow. If you don't drink water, you cannot grow. What is the drink? The, drink, the, the water that we drink is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the drink that we, we, we need. We drink in order to grow up spiritually. And the, the cell is a place where spirits, the Holy Spirit is engaged through prayer and through the word and through other things, through fellowship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You also need air to grow. Without breathing, you, if you are not breathing, you are not alive. So without breathing, without breathing in oxygen and bringing out, breathing out carbon dioxide, you cannot grow. The, the air we breathe is the Holy Spirit as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you need rest. Without rest, you cannot grow. How do you rest? You rest by, through the knowledge of where we have come to. Okay? The knowledge of our, our placing in Christ is what brings us rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all these things are given to you in the, in the cell meeting, in the cell group. Care is given. It's a heaven for real spiritual growth. God is expecting us to go. Look at Romans. Romans chapter 8. Let's read verse 14 into verse 17, into verse 16. He says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The word sons here is heos. And heos means matured, full-grown sons of God. It says those ones are the ones who are led by the Spirit of God. Meaning that they are children of God who are not led by the Spirit of God. They are led by their senses. They are led by their emotions. They are led by their, the circumstances around them. They are led by other things and not by the Holy Spirit. God doesn't want you to be like that. He wants you to be led by the Holy Spirit. How are you going to be led by the Holy Spirit? You need to be thought. You need to grow. You need to mature into that place where you, the Holy Spirit has free course in your life. Where what the Holy Spirit says makes a big difference in your life. Okay? Look at the next verse, verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16. Says the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The word children of God there is technon of God. It means children who were born by God Himself. So we are born by God, but then He is expecting us to grow to become matured sons. It's called the adoption of sons. Hallelujah. And that is spiritual growth. You need to grow spiritually. And the, 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 the cell system provides that haven, a place for guidance, for, 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 for security. You know, your, your spiritual life is guarded to the glory of God because you have others around you who help you to grow as you're supposed to. So these are all benefits of the cell ministry towards the kingdom of God, towards God's agenda. And as you get yourself involved, you realize that you're fulfilling your ministry towards God, you are fulfilling your ministry towards people, you are fulfilling your ministry towards other children of God, and you are fulfilling your ministry towards the world. I, st I started with that, and I've showed you that as you, as you, you fulfill that, uh, uh, as you engage yourself in the cell ministry, 
you are fulfilling your ministry towards God, towards God's people, and towards the world. Hallelujah. I hope you've learned something this evening. Wow, it's been a blessing. I've enjoyed myself. God bless you so much for joining me um, um, in this meeting. It's a blessing. I love it very much. I pray that the Holy Spirit will take absolute control of our life. I pray that your interest in his kingdom and what he, what he loves is increased to a, another level altogether. And I pray for fruitfulness for you in every aspect of your life, even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I love you very much. Have a wonderful evening and have a wonderful, beautiful week as well in Jesus' name. MC Heads, you can take over. God bless you. Hey, you back. No, no, no. Hey, you back. I'm a champion boy. Tell him. Yeah. I ain't even in the match. It's you never go if you try me. It been a hell and back with the keys that we need. Got a piece of the king with the preach. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Man, come and genie, I'm a sin. May ask him. If he the Lord, then everything belongs to him. All the praise and the honor we give unto him. I give and I'm wine, no be you give. Sacrifice you bringing me promotion. I never go be handle what I can give. Me back up, I they connect to the ocean. I give and I'm wine, no be you give. Sacrifice you bringing me promotion. I never go be handle what I can give. Match your pipe, I they connect to the ocean. I'm always for the motion. Give it my all. Show up, my love, it gets better when you do this Give it my all, show up, my love, it gets better when you do this I'm sorry, damn, why ain't never see, yeah, baby, see I mean, who don't teach, why ain't never, yo, yeah, baby, yo I'm sorry, damn, why ain't never see, yeah, baby, see I mean, who don't teach, why ain't never, yo, yeah, baby, yo I'm sorry, damn, why ain't never see, yeah, baby, see I mean, who don't teach See you open doors, make I just pass through All I own is all for you Sowing seeds is what I do Being faithful, Lord, I'll give it to you As we living and we breathing We for be giving our seeds Believe me, you see the blessing In giving is what we need What you sow is what you reap And better things work out they give I surrender All I own is all for Jesus I'm sorry, then why I never see? Yeah, baby, see. I mean, who don't teach? Why I never yo? Yeah, baby, yo. I'm sorry, then why I never see? Yeah, baby, see. I mean, who don't teach? Why I never yo? Yeah, baby, yo. I'm sorry, then why I never see? Yeah, baby, see. I mean, who don't teach? Why I never yo? Yeah, baby, yo. I'm sorry, then why I never see? Yeah, baby, see. Who don't teach? Why I never yo? Yeah, baby, yo. Give it my all, show up my love. It gets better when you do this. Give it my all. Do a dance, give it my all, show up my love.